Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy, so you can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. We're pleased that you're with us today. Uh, on today's show, we're talking about depression, suicidal thoughts, and the tendencies even to be unhappy and what you can actually do about it. So that's a really big part of today's show is to actually talk about the distinguishing differences between chemical depression and people who are just unhappy. Yeah, before the show started, Nicole, um, you and I were discussing the fact that there's there's people out there who have chemical clinical depression that can't just very simply just decide to feel better, right? No, for sure, for sure. So if that is somebody, or that is you, that we're talking to you today, okay, we are. This show is for you and for all those people who are worried about people in their life who are depressed or who have high risks, you know, of of suicide. So we're talking to you, but just as equally, this information is for people who also think they may be depressed, but they're just unhappy because of their thoughts and because of their feelings. Yeah, Nicole, I also want to say, even if you do have chemical depression, it still really serves you to learn how to manage your thinking because your thinking is in play too. It's part of the reason that that you're not happy And, and learning some better perspectives so that you can look at your life and your situation in a way that makes you feel better about them. That serves everybody. It really does. So we have to put a disclaimer out there that we are master life coaches and the advice that we give here on today's show is not medical advice. And so if this is you and you are concerned about yourself and your, your mental health, or you are someone who struggles with depression or suicidal thoughts, do seek out the assistance of therapists, doctors, and other trained professionals, but also listen to this show because we are going to give you some tips and and life advice today. So I actually think Nicole, everybody goes through times when they feel this way. I mean, I've never talked to anybody that hasn't gone through some time where they felt depressed. It's true. I, I'm going to be quite vulnerable on today's show because this is something that's really, I've been lucky enough. I've got the best life coach in the world as my best friend. And you kicked me pretty hard this last week, just saying, get it together. And it's exactly what I needed. But I was totally on that edge of, you know what? I just feel great hopelessness. I've never really called myself depressed. I think that's a a word that I can't really relate to, although I've worked with so many hundreds of clients who have, who are in that space, but really it is. We we have those places and stages and times in our life where we feel hopeless, where we feel overwhelmed, and it takes a lot of skill and a lot of strength to move yourself out of it. Now, you're getting vulnerable about the bad week you've been having. I mean, this last year has been a really, really tough one for me. And especially after my heart surgery, I've, I've struggled with being down. And finally, my mom said one day, don't you remember the doctor actually told us in the hospital that a lot of patients after a major surgery suffer some from some depression. And so that was interesting too. I, I've been battling it. It's Everybody goes through this. So a big part of what we want to talk about is normalizing it. But, but the real big thing for me is that we have to be happy where we are. And that's the thing that really smacked me this last week. And you said that to me. 
you know what, I hear this from you, Nicole, all the time. You always wish you were further ahead than what we are. And for me, it's all about entrepreneurial goals. My family life is great. And all of, it's always about me being impatient and frustrated about where our business is. And I have to tell you that that's such an arrow quality. So today on the show, uh, we're going to talk about the specific challenges that each of the shapes have. But for, for us, it's often very entrepreneurial. It's a, It's got a lot to do with impatience. And I just find it hard to be happy in today. Yeah, you you are constantly saying, I just wish we were two months ahead of this. I just wish we were here. I just wish we were there. And and we've actually had this come up on the Inner Circle call. We had a great conversation one day about what the how we get in trust that where we are is perfect, but still be motivated to want to change things and move forward and have our life look different than it is now. Can you do both? Well, I think that's the whole point is we're trying to. And I was speaking to one of my clients last week who has on the front of her diary, she's printed out a label. She's a square. So, of course, she's everything's organized and she she's on her label made because she's written balance. And I joked with her and said, well, when you find the GPS coordinates, just text them to me, won't you? Because that's the whole point is that life is always about us trying to find the balance between reaching forward to the next thing, to actually accepting what is, to not living in the past. This is a really hard place for all of us to get into every day. How do we actually live this? And we've got some some tips. So for those of you who love Relationship Radio and who are doing the journaling, I know there's so many people who write notes from all of our shows every week. We have a whole heap of tips for you today about life skills and things to reach for when you are feeling out of that balance. Yeah, when you're feeling not happy and down. So the first one, we want you to take better care of yourself. And, and it's really... I hear this from doctors and therapists too. If you're down at all, the first thing you got to look at is what are you eating? Are you getting exercise? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you you just downing sugar and, and all these bad foods? Because sometimes when we're down, that's what we, we go for. We get a, a hit of sugar. Because all of those things that aren't taking good care of your body also affect your mental health, right? It's true. So we're talking about brain chemistry here. And there is so much research to say that just by having between 18 and 25 cashews every single day, that the vitamins in that actually assist with depression. So again, do some research, step into it, actively looking after yourself and work out, okay, write a food diary. What foods do I feel better with? I know for myself, if I eat gluten, wheat and dairy, it really, really affects how I feel emotionally. So that's not just about my gut health. This is about this brain-gut connection that we have. So step into being more empowered and really do some research and do some daily logging. What makes me feel good and what doesn't? Oh, I like the daily logging. That's a a great idea. I know um, I've got a family member that really struggles with a lot of depression, and she's also the one that eats the worst diet. And we've also often wondered if there's a little bit of a tie there. Yeah. And and with the exercise component, that na- natural energy and that oxytocin that, that our body really seeks out, those chemicals feel good when we exercise. So the doctors and, and therapists everywhere, all around the world, there's a universal principle that say do 20 to 45 minutes of exercise or movement every single day and do it first thing in the morning. So if that's a, a, a something you're struggling with, maybe make that a goal and say, you know what, how many days in a row can I actually commit to doing that? Okay, so Nicole, the second one I want to talk about, we're going to be getting into ways to change your thinking. But the reality is that sometimes we're, we, don't, we don't really have control over our thinking enough to choose a, a different attitude or a different perspective. 
a couple things I want to suggest. If you don't feel like you've got the power to think your way out and to make better choices in your perspective in the way that you're seeing your situation, you might need to get your senses back online. And, and everybody's heard that term, come to your senses. Well, actually, one of the things that you can do is to get in a quiet place and notice what you hear and really listen for all the sounds around you. L- smell for a minute. What smells can you smell? Um, you know, sit on your patio and, and look at, at everything and listen and try to get your senses back online. And what we're really doing is we're getting kind of out of fight or flight. We're getting into a place where we're, we're more mindful and we might have some more control over our thinking. There are so many things that we do have the power to change in our thinking, but a lot of people feel like they don't. They don't believe that they have the power. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And this is a really big technique for those of us who suffer with anxiety or anticipatory anxiety. Now, the difference between anxiety and generalized anxiety is you just feel stressed all the time, overwhelmed, you're always maxed out. Anticipatory anxiety is the dread, the feel. Now, I have to tell you, for most of my uh, middle school and high school years, I had Sunday night blues. That's what it was called. In my, and what it was was anticipatory anxiety. I was dreading the week ahead. And so the, that uh, skill that you just talked about there where you actually slow down, you become present is one of the greatest things to do with that anticipatory anxiety and also panic attacks. It's a way of slowing down and actually being present to what is around you because once we know that we can then go, actually, you know what, that lawnmower next door is really driving me crazy. So now I can step into my thinking, what do I need? What do I want? I'm going to take myself for a drive. And then we start shifting out of this perspective, but we actually have to push that stop button and reframe. And that's why I love that technique so much. Yeah. We've talked on the show also about diaphragmatic breathing is a great way to calm yourself down and kind of get your brain back online so that you have the power to change your perspective. I just want to talk about children for a moment because I know that we are probably going to get an an email this next week after this show and say, well, what do I do for kids? This is the stuff you do with kids. The, the more that they watch you do it, the more that you're actually using this as skills in your home, even in the car, on the driving, on the way to the flute exam. Use this stuff. Be familiar with it. Do some reading. Listen to the show and actually start putting these resources and these skills into your family life. The earlier that children can be more familiar with the power they do have, even in the face of things that they can't change, it will completely change their ability to be emotionally resilient with change as they get older. Okay, I also want to throw in, we've done some great shows on processing emotions, and that would be another great resource because depression is an emotion, definitely an emotion that that we get stuck in. And it is an interesting experience when you get really mindful about the sadness that you're feeling and you sit in it a little bit and just notice, what what if, what is this about? What could this be here for? What is it really around? Because a lot of times we don't really know why we're sad. And I find that with kids a lot. I ask them, you know, what's the matter? I don't know. I don't know why I feel. But if you really spend some time sitting in it, you usually can figure it out. Now, what I loved about that show and and what's interesting to me is that on the podcast through iTunes, this is actually the most listened to show that we've ever done, which means that it's touching people. It's touching people where they are. Now, what I loved about that show is so many people – they don't sit in their emotions because they're so afraid of being a victim to it because ultimately a lot of us don't like those victim stories or we have people around us who say, snap out of it, just like what you said before. In that show, we teach you the difference and that delicate balance, which is what we're talking about now. How do I be happy with where I am, not sit in anything in a story, 
but ultimately process my way through it so I'm actually moving forward. That place, that delicate balance, um, it's something that we all need to learn for ourselves and, and be able to achieve. Okay, so let's get into some of the healthy ways we can think when we recognize that we're in an unhealthy thinking space. And I mean, if you're feeling down at all, anything less than happy, you're in an unbalanced state, you need to get yourself back. We talk a lot about choosing trust and love as a way to get yourself back into a balanced state. So the the first thing I do when I notice that I'm down is I check, is my value tied into anything here? It is my fear of not being good enough in play? And often it is, especially because we're arrows, we're kind of fear of failure dominant. And as soon as I recognize that, I need to remind myself that I have the same value as every other person on the planet. There's nothing I can do to lose value and be less than anyone else. There's nothing I can do to earn more and be better than anyone else. But, but I'm safe. My value is not in question. Now, we've been doing this work for 16 years together, um, you know, in different places on the planet. And when we met two and a half years ago, what we realized is that as human behavior experts, what we knew for sure and what was so common about the work that we're doing in different locations was that people tie their value to four things. I wanted to spend a moment talking about that, that ultimately, if you hear Kim say that and say, well, I don't even know how to, what am I tying my value to? Here are the four things on a human behavior level we are often most attached to. It's appearance, what it is that you look like. So it's your weight, it's your hair, it's your ability to do makeup, it's the clothes you wear, it's all of those things. The second is your performance, your productivity. And that's a really big part for those uh, shapes that are on the, the task line. The next one is the property, the stuff that you have, the car you drive, the suburb you live in, the title you have at work. And the fourth one is what other people think about you. So if you're thinking, yeah, how do I see, I, I've got fear of failure coming up, but I don't know where, these are the four places that we actually attach it to on a human behavior level. Okay, so that's the first thinking error we almost want people to watch for is some of this, I'm afraid I'm not good enough stuff. And if that's in play, we definitely want to get out by trusting that your value is the same. Um, okay, so the next thing, the next thinking error we want everybody to watch for is because this bad thing happened or this is going wrong, everything is wrong. Everything is bad. And I know you and I both do this one. We do. I think everyone does this one. It's this Probably. overgeneralization. But for me, it's exaggeration, right? If, if, if some one thing in my day goes wrong, I think, I, well, you know what? It's And I, I don't like to think that I'm dramatic, but I do do this. <laughs> you know, well, you know, and this has gone wrong and this has gone wrong. And so easily we can stack the day, can't we? And create that list of all the things that shouldn't have happened today. And this is fear of loss dominant. Okay, so if you find yourself doing that and you've got a story and something's happened and then you pull in all of these other areas of your life and these people and to add to this story, this is exactly what we're talking about. So how do we replace this? We have to accept that this one thing, this one event or circumstance, it actually doesn't mean anything unless I add this meaning to it, which means I have got power as to how much I suffer. Okay, so it's also a matter of focus because I think in any moment I can focus on what's wrong today or I can be counting my blessings. And I guarantee if we put some effort into it, we could think of more things that are right that we have to be happy about than we have to be sad about most of the time. <laughs> There's been a few days that I may have tipped the scales the other way, but most of the time you've got more and you always have things that you could be focusing on 
that are right in your life. And, and if you focus on that, even if there's only a few, you're going to feel better. So this comes down to the power that you do have. So if you're listening to the show and you're saying, yeah, but I have clinical depression and I'm on medication and I'm seeing a psychiatrist, absolutely. This is still a life advice tip that you can reach for. Now, this week on the Inner Circle call, we received an email specifically about this, which was, why is it that everything's going wrong in my life? Why is it that I can't get on top of my housework and my children are always in meltdown and I feel like all the bills are always stacking up? And how do I actually choose to be happy in this? We spent some time... Um, you know, preparing for that call to give you the answer to that. But part of that answer is in this. And that is that you all, every single person listening to the show has more power than what we realize. And this is the problem with depression and sadness and overwhelm is that we feel like the these things are stacked against us. We actually have more power. And so maybe you're listening to this show going, you know what, this is the skills that I need, but I just don't know how to implement it. And this is where the inner circle community, which is attached to the 12 shapes and and learning those things about you and really stepping into doing this work every week has been so powerful because you get to be coached through this every week by Kim and I. You know, I had one of my coaching clients the other day who's paid a lot of money to do coaching one-on-one with me. They found out about the inner circle and they said, what? Okay, this is not even fair that these people are meeting with you every week for $29 a month. It is crazy, Um, especially right now because the group is small. So if you want some coaching with Nicole and I, please take advantage of this and come join us for the inner circle calls every week. Yeah. And, and it's about that accountability and that reminder to know exactly what to do around your personal situation. So you get to email us every single week with, hey, this is the week I've had and this is where I need help. It's literally like having Kim and I on speed dial. It's a really big deal. So if you do want to join us, we'd encourage you and all the information's at 12shapes.com. All right, we've got to take a break, but stay with us here on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim. We're going to get into more ways and tips to live with depression and anxiety after the break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy, and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. 
To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back here with Nicole and Kim today. And we're talking about depression, unhappiness, sadness, and, and those suicidal thoughts that happen to some of us, to all of us in different times of our life. And we want to get back into giving you tips because really Relationship Radio is about life advice. It's about the stuff that you can use. Okay, so we've been talking about some of the the thinking errors that we kind of want to watch for. We talked about the one that I'm just not good enough that everything in my life is going wrong. And now this is one of my favorites. I've been battling this one my whole life. It's the idea that I have to be perfect or all is lost and I'm not, I'm just a failure. And there's a lot of shapes that especially I think deal with perfectionism. Arrows aren't even the top of that list yet. I still, I've I've battled this. Yeah, this is a big one. So this is really big for ovals, diamonds, and arrows. And even between the two of us with our friendships, I'll often flag or you'll flag for me and go, you're getting really diamond. And, And what we mean by that is this is this obsession and this need for everything to be right. And let's look at why. When things are in a box with a perfect little bow and when things are organized on time and in schedule, we feel safer in the world. So this is really a safety issue. It's about a fear of unknown. It's fear of failure and fear of loss. And so this comes down to not you wanting to be this drill sergeant and turning into this really over-the-top, exaggerated, proportionate response. This comes down to you not feeling safe with what is in your life right now. Okay, so really the cure to this is to go back to not having my value attached to anything, not how I look, not how I perform, that there's nothing that can change my value, takes that one away. But it's something we have to be thinking about and choosing all day, every day to remind ourselves that our value is not tied to anything. Another part of of me being able to deal with this is also having more emotional resiliency around me making mistakes. So if you're perfectionistic, it's often because you have very high expectations of yourself or of other people or of life in general, where you think anything less than that perfection means I've made an error, I've made a mistake, and, and that's not okay because that's tied to my value. So that's a trigger to look for. What's your attitude and, and level of forgiveness when you do muck up? Because you are going to muck up. It's, it's life. All of us make mistakes and we're allowed to. Okay, so the next one we want to talk about is what other people think of me matters. And, and to be honest, I think everybody on the planet battles this to some degree every day, this fear of judgment and criticism. And again, this is a big one for arrows. It is. The other shapes it's really big for is those three shapes that are on the people line. So if you haven't looked at that yet, go to 12shapes.com if you don't know what your shape is. But for uh, octagons, for circles and for hearts who are really invested in their connection with others and people being happy with them, this is a really big trigger. Okay, so again, the cure to this one is we've got to recognize that what other people think doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any power. It doesn't change your value. And I can remember the day I finally dawned on me that it doesn't do anything. People can judge and criticize. That's just thoughts, ideas coming out of their head. It, it doesn't change me. I'm still the same me. There's no power in it. But boy, my whole life I've thought there was power in it. Now, my favorite example of this is the one that you taught me, which was about the darts. And that ultimately that seeing dart can come from someone else through somebody else's thought or somebody else's perspective. 
but I get to choose whether it stays in me and it becomes festering and awful and it really hurts me even more or I can actually pull that dart out and say it has no power. I love that. I always like to literally imagine them going boing and just bouncing right off me. And if I imagine that little sound effect in my head, that really helps. Uh, But I had a client the other day who said, okay, I've been trying that, but every once in a while I pick it back up off the ground and stab myself with it. Well, at least you're owning that personal responsibility that you could have left that insult on the ground and it was your choice to pick yourself, pick it back up and stab yourself with it. I love that. Now, we do have certain people in our life who we care more about what they think. We like to get their approval. We like that at a girl, you know, at a boy that makes us feel safer and as if we've made the right decision. So identifying those key people in your life is a really important part of overcoming this is am I sensitive to the criticism from my father? Or from my spouse? Or is it actually when my kids don't like me because they don't like the, co- the consequence of the punishment? Am I sensitive to that? Because so many of us tie our value into other people being happy with us. Oh, it's such a good practice too. I I've, Every time I have an experience where I get humiliated in public or something, I think, oh, this is my perfect lesson today. It's giving me a chance to practice letting go of what people think of me. And guys, this kind of stuff happens to you too all the time. Every time it does, just remind you, this is the universe blessing you with the chance to to own your own value. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about is this idea that I see everybody as better than me. And I'm focused on all my faults while all I see is the best in everybody else. And I think almost all of us do this too. We talk a lot about that. You put any two people in a room and the first thing that's going to happen at the subconscious level is this comparing measuring. And we all hate to admit it's true that we would do that, but we we're kind of trying to figure out, should I be intimidated by this person or am I a little bit better than them? That's so sad, but we do it, don't we? We do. And this really comes down to idealism. And another part of this is that comparison to others. So how many people do you follow on Instagram that you go, you know what? They just have this easy life. And you know what, they, they, I just, if if I had my life like that, I would be happy. But you know what, what I have on my end, I'm not happy with because I got put in this body and I'm 5'2 and I've got to deal with being short my whole life. Whatever your story is, we do this comparison to others and this really unhealthy lens where we distort what other people experience or the value they have or the person they have or the journey they have. And it makes us feel less than ourselves. Okay, so still the same cure. I mean, all of these are slightly different thinking errors, but at the end of the day, trusting that your value is unchangeable is the magic that's going to fix them all. And that comparison to other is actually the quickest way to feel unsatisfied in our own life. So again, we say this on Relationship Radio every single week, the number one thing you can do to improve your life and your relationships is take responsibility for your self-esteem. So stop comparing yourself to others. Okay, so we had planned, we were going to talk about um, six different ways that if you're feeling depressed, you can kind of change the way you feel. We just hit the first one. We, this, this idea that you've got to change the way you see all human value, everybody. It can't just be your value doesn't change. It has to be everybody's value doesn't change. And I think it's interesting, every time we teach this to somebody, they, they oh, that sounds so good to see my value as unchangeable. But then we explain that you also have to give up judgment of anybody else. 
because you can't have both. So this for me is is one of the most beautiful principles that we can integrate not only into our own consciousness but also into our home, into our parenting, into our relationships. And that is the gift of compassion, really. When I don't judge somebody, I have greater compassion for who they are, what they're experiencing, the life, the journey that they have had and that they're having right now, which facilitates a deeper connection. And if I want to feel good about myself and have them show that same compassion to me, I have to drop the judgment. So the best way to feel good about yourself is actually to gift that to other people. Okay. So basically we have two options and we have to choose one If you don't choose it, you're going to subconsciously choose it, right? So the two options are, one, to believe that your value is in question and that you have to earn value and everybody else's too and stay in judgment and criticize and gossip about others to make yourself feel better because we're of the fear-driven idea that our value is comparable and that we have to worry about what people think. Or we can choose that all humans have the same value None of our value is changeable. None of it's on the line. We're safe, but we have to give up judgment of everybody else too and let them be safe and good enough. And that's the hard part. But but really, you got to choose a camp. And as long as you stay in judgment and criticism of others, you're choosing the, the idea that human humans can be not good enough. And you will always feel like you're not good enough too. So, guys, if there's nothing else you get from today's show and from the 12 Shapes Relationship System, the biggest thing we want you to pull away from all of this is seeing your value and everybody else's as unchangeable. It will absolutely change your life and pull you out of so much of that depression. Now, people ask us all the time, why did you do the 12 shapes? We go to the shapes, 12 shape website, and we've got all these little characters. Now, the reason we did the shapes is because all shapes have the same value. A triangle is not better than an octagon, and a rhombus isn't better than a circle. If we see every single person, regardless of their shape and their unbalanced perspectives, because we all have the balanced and the unbalanced, as the same. And this leads into we are born the way that we are to, to facilitate the perfect journey. So this is our second tip for living with depression and anxiety, and that is focus on your journey, not the destination. Whatever arrives in your life is for you. It's not against you. It's the opportunity for you to be in this place of balance, this delicate little place of, of finding that rock to perch on for a minute and, and being okay with it. So the way that you are and the journey that you've had and whatever is in your life right now is for you. It's an opportunity for you to learn and to grow. Don't focus on moving out of it. And this is really where you hit me by piece of two by four this week, which was stop reaching into the future because I get into that place of obsession and control and I want things to be better. And I think, oh, two months ahead, this I won't have this problem because I'm working on it now. But what that is doing is it's actually creating misery for me in the now because I'm dissatisfied with who I am, what I'm doing, that things should be, should be. And if I live in those shoulds, I'm then shooting all over everyone else as well. Yeah, I have to admit, I almost think that you're going to make us be stuck here longer because the universe wants you to get where you're choosing to be happy now in the journey instead of I'll be happy when we get here. I'll be happy when we get there. The more that we do that, we don't recognize we're literally robbing misery and holding it today that doesn't need to be here today. Uh, We're just tortured. It's self-inflicted misery. 
It is. Now, I want to talk about two really influential bodies of work that have really helped me with this and obviously not helped me enough because I still I, I still have so much work to do. But A Course in Miracles has got to be one of the most brilliant bodies of, of work in this area. And the second is the Abraham Hicks recording. So both of those are a really big part of my consciousness now as I'm trying to reduce my resistance to what is. So here's a practical thing for you to do. Get out a piece of paper and what are you resistant to? My resistance to my finances? Am I resistant to a relationship? Am I resistant to intimacy within my marriage? Do I have resistance with one of my children? The job I have. What part of your life is, is actually being you fighting against it? Because this is what creates all of this dissatisfaction with the journey and what's us moving into this place of destination where we think the calm, waters are going to be calm and I'm going to feel better. So resistance, I just want to define for everybody, could be the wishing it wasn't like it is. Right. So if I'm resisting my finances or resisting my marriage, I'm just wish I am not accepting what it is as perfect in this moment. Right. So to let go of that is to trust that where I am is perfect. It's for me. It's not against me and that I'm actually safe here. And I think that's the bit that I'm hoping our listeners, Kim, are going to hear today, which is we have to reach for that. It's so easy to sit and to be in that wallowing and that frustration and get stuck there. That's what you said before. You're worried that we're, our business is going to be stuck in this phase because I'm stuck in this phase. That's what you just said. And I think you're really right. In that, So I have to break down that resistance. And the only way for me to do that is to reach for every hour of every day, I tr- got to trust that right now this is for me. It's not against me. Now, on the Inner Circle call, our listener said, but wait a minute, if I just sit here and I get content with where I am right now, I, I don't I don't want to stay where I am right now. I want this to change, right? We want it to be different. So how do you do both? How do you how do you stay motivated to make changes to get what you want, yet be so content and in trust about what is? And the way I always explain this, Nicole, I get out a, a piece of paper and a pen and I draw a timeline. And this is like the timeline of my life. And I'll draw a little dot that represents where I am today. And and the thing is, you are where you are today. This is what is. You You can't change where you are today. You have no power to control that. So that is the piece that you have to sit in gratitude and trust that it's exactly as it's supposed to be and all is well. But you can go into tomorrow and the day after, and as you look forward on that timeline, we can work towards change to make those other days better. But it's really a a present in the moment thing right now because you can't change it. You are where you are. That that's the moment where you're in trust. Does that make sense? Completely. Which moves us on to the next tip, which is we've got to trust that there are actually no mistakes. There's no lessons. What you have right now that you're just satisfied with didn't happen because you made an error. Because that's often what it feels like. We feel like, well, if I did it right, I would look better. It would feel better. I'd be further along. We've got to trust that there are no mistakes. There's only lessons. And we've got to embrace this growth mindset. Now, I don't like that. I don't like having to grow. I like skipping a few. I, I, as a, I was a serial cheater as a child. My mother will tell you. I would cheat on every single border game because I was dissatisfied with how it was working unless I was on top. I was so competitive. And so I see that attitude now in this 35-year-old journey. It's crazy. It's actually immature on some level. I have a little bit of shame around it. And that is because I feel like I've stuffed up. This is not about mistakes. This is about lessons. And we've got to embrace this growth mindset. So I really think the biggest cause of unhappiness for most of us is that we think we should be somewhere today different than where we are. 
And I see that with you and me. We, we, we struggle with, we should be farther along. How come we're still here? We should be there. That is a belief. It's not a fact. It's not a truth. It, it's an idea that you're not where you're supposed to be. And it, it, because it's not a truth, Nicole, we can change it. We can choose a different one. You have the ability to choose today to believe you're right where you're supposed to be. You're right on track. You're not behind. You're not off track. You are exactly where you're supposed to be and all is well today. And you might as well choose that because there's no way to prove if you are or aren't where you're supposed to be, right? It's an unprovable idea. So that leaves us as it's a perspective that you get to choose the one that would serve you most. Now, just before the break, I just want to give you this number four tip for overcoming anxiety and depression that we have for you today. And that is to upskill, get some new tools. Now, I I uh, listed two resources before, the Esther um, Hicks, Abraham Hicks work and A Course in Miracles. They've been very influential with me. I know you've got one of the coolest libraries I've ever seen of personal development. You've got your own favorites in there. Relationship Radio, 12shapes.com, The Inner Circle. There are so many things out there that you can reach for in your times of despondency, despair, feeling stuck, if you choose not to reach out, you're not actually helping yourself. So this, this reaching into some new tools, some new skills, and, and the tagline for Relationship Radio and for 12 Shapes, um, you know, the, the company that we created together with this with this science is once you know better, you do better. And we truly believe that. We true that truly believe that if you don't insert new knowledge, new perspective, and new ideas, you will stay stuck. And let me just say, they've they've actually shown that we get the best outcomes for people with depression if the whole family gets involved on learning these new skills together. And, and you also want to all speak the same language. So we really encourage, like if we get a teen or, or a person in for coaching, we want them to teach these principles to their family, talk about them, make this the language in your home. We joke a lot about the the trusting your value is always the same is such a fun one to have the whole family get the idea and it, it's great whenever anybody in my family messes up drops a dish and breaks it or whatever somebody immediately cries out well it didn't affect your value because that's just the language in our home and it will really help if you've got a depressed person in your home if you make this a family affair to learn some new perspectives, gain some more tools, and make that change something that's not just about the depressed person, but it's about the whole family. For sure. Okay, so that was tip number five. We have to take a break. On, on the other side of the commercial, we're going to give you all the specific ways for the 12 shapes and how anxiety and depression manifest for them. So stay with us. You're here with Nicole and Kim on Relationship Radio. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a fan of relationship radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. 
For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. you with Nicole and Kim, and we're talking all things anxiety and depression. Now, Kim, the number one thing that we hear from both the inner circle and also the emails that come through from the website, 12shapes.com, is I have a heart, I have a circle, I have a star in my family, and they are experiencing anxiety, depression. What are your unique things? that you would do. And I think the reason we receive these emails every week is because this behavioral science is, it, it works and they're getting the help. They're seeing the therapist, they're on the antidepressants, they're listening to relationship radio, but they're saying, what's the unique piece? That's why I love our relationship system. We have that. So I want to spend some time today before we finish the show talking about the 12 shapes and how this anxiety, depression tendency shows up for each of the shapes and why. So I want to go first to the octagon and octagons have this FOMO, the fear of missing out. They're afraid of not being popular, not being loved and adored by others. And that self-comparison of I'm not as much or I'm not getting as much attention, they're often very attention seeking and their unbalanced behavior can be a really big part of the trigger for them to experience unbalanced behavior like uh, anxiety and depression. So they also have a lot of fear of loss. They're actually fear of loss dominant. And, and I see a lot of um, fear that my life hasn't been good enough. They can get into a victim state with a life hasn't been fair and I didn't get what other people got. And that could lead to some of that sadness and unbalanced state in octagon, couldn't it? Mm, for sure. So I always say, whether it's a teen or an adult or a child, look at their connection to others because the octagon, the heart and the circle is all about being connected to other people and how other people behave with them, which means that they're more likely to have the triggers from their social experience. So look for triggers, look for ways to support them in their connection with others. And that's a really good part of getting them more balanced. Yeah. Keep doing that. I want to hear what some of the things you recommend for each of the shapes that are struggling. Okay. So let's talk about a heart. Um, They're more fear of failure and they really fear being alone, not being included, not being wanted and loved enough. So for hearts, their greatest identity is who they attach themselves to. So this can be seen as both an unbalanced and even an unhealthy thing. They don't often see and claim their worth. They're more likely to be the one that, oh, well, I am a good person because I helped somebody today instead of just knowing that they're a good person. So we see that hearts are very high risk for depression, longstanding depression. I have to tell you, I've worked with hearts who have come to me and said, look, I've been depressed for 30 years. And really it's come down to them not really stepping into and owning their own journey and their own value. They see those things as well when I help others. Now that kindness makes them beautiful people. They really are. They're so sweet and kind. They're the most loyal and and 
selfless um, often of the shapes. But the problem with that is they don't often participate. They play small in their life. They don't take risks. They are very much connected to the people there are. So if they do experience loss or rejection, it's a big deal. So if, if you have a heart or you are a heart and you think, gosh, I can't get it together. I feel depressed and anxious all the time. Look at where these triggers are. Maybe you've got a fear of being alone. Maybe you haven't been included or you've experienced rejection and that belonging is not there that's making you feel safe and there's some self-esteem work to be done there. Okay, let's talk about the circle for a minute. Circles, again, are fear of failure. They're pleasers. They still kind of have um, the fear of missing out to some degree too, though, especially if it's a social thing and with people that they're missing out. Um, They also, they hate conflict. And so I see a lot of circles that allow themselves to stay in a really unhappy situation because belonging and having someone in their life feels better than being alone, even if it's really unhealthy. That's absolutely accurate. And I've worked with so many circles over the years who have great anxiety about even being alone. And one of the things I'll challenge them to do is to go and sit in a midday movie on your own or go and get a cup of coffee and sit in the coffee shop alone and feel that anxiety and be okay with it. Because this fear of being alone creates a lot of neediness and a lot of attachment that then in relationships, because they show that unbalanced part of them, they then experience that being alone and being rejected. So getting comfortable with that uh, on a, on a self development level and challenging yourself and like that it, it creates that real emotional resiliency and being bulletproof. The other thing I want to say about circles before we move on is that the fear of conflict or others being upset with them is a massive trigger. So if you have a circle who comes home and says, "Oh, I had the worst day," ask around and say, "Right, did the teacher tell you off?" Or did you have one of your friends that said something that wasn't nice and then give them the tools to be able to piece back together their self-esteem and say, well, that's about them. It's not about you. And these things are going to happen because often circles are super, super sensitive and want everyone to love them all the time. Now, as adults, we know that that's not realistic. Yeah, but they're really scared of that, aren't they? That's really, really painful. Okay, so let's talk about ovals. Ovals, again, have fear of of having people unhappy with them, don't they? They are, and they are very sensitive also to having a voice raised to them. So we often talk about, uh, you know, people ask us all the time in a circle call, you know, how early do we see these uh, shapes presenting in their behavior? Uh, Two-year-olds that hate being told off. You can see it then, and and that's the same with the 70-year-old lady who we have at the moment who's an oval who also hates being yelled at or receiving criticism from anyone in their life, even their family. So they're super, super sensitive. They spend a lot of their time trying to please everybody else at the detriment of themselves. Again, they're very selfless, just like the hearts, um, and they can have a lot of anxiety about being late So and, and time anxiety. So if this is you and you know these things are there, there's some work to be done around being okay with other people having different opinions and you don't have to please everyone all the time. Now, we have the fear of being late, and I had to really look at it the other day, and it's totally tied to fear of what people think of me. It's I don't want to put anybody out. I, I don't want them to wait for me. Um, I, I Part of it is we just, it's a stress level thing, right, for us. But I still think a huge part of it is tied for fear of failure. Arrows are scared to death that we're not going to be approved of, that we'll be criticized or judged. 
For sure. And this is how it shows up for the oval as well. But this is a fear for diamonds as well. And for diamonds, it's about not losing productivity. So they get offended if people are late for them as well, because you robbed me of that time, which can be more of a fear of loss thing. But there's a lot of the shapes, um, specifically the ones on the task line, the oval, the arrow and the diamond, who have this sensitivity around time anxiety. And so you can lose it in traffic. You've, you've watched me do it. <laughs> you know, if, I'm, if we're going to be late to something and we are almost painfully early because we would prefer to be early and calm and things like that. So this is an important part. If you have one of those three shapes that you're parenting and you have this child who is in meltdown every single day going to school, ask them, is it because you're afraid of being late? Because this was a really big part of my childhood. My mother used to bribe my brother who was not on the timeline, um, the, t- the task line and, and sensitive to this. She he, For every dollar, uh, every day that he was in the car first, she would give him a dollar. And that was better than dealing with my meltdown about being late. So this was something that manifested very early. So look at your children, the ones who like things a certain way, and ask them, do you have a sensitivity around being late and being on time? So what does depression really look like for us, Eros? Most of the time, it it, feel, it comes down to us pushing harder. We don't sit in bed and we don't, you know, wait for things to happen. We get into overdrive. It's actually a compensation. Well, you know what? I can get myself out of this because I can just work harder and I can push, push, push. And what we do in, in that, and this is for all three shapes on the task line, the ovals, the, the diamonds and the arrows, is we push so hard that we then don't take care of ourselves and we lose sleep and we don't do our exercise and we don't eat well. And then that brain chemistry can kick in for us where we're completely out of balance. And But we look like spinning tops. We become very obsessive. You've watched me in many a time become absolutely involved in the work and obsessed by the work. Uh, that we're doing in our company and that's the that's actually how that depression looks like because I'm so afraid of feeling that uh less than that fear of failure trigger that I will push and overcompensate so it's not always your classical depression anxiety picture okay diamonds do this on a whole new level Uh, their their need to be perfect means they're driven often by unrealistic expectations so that overdrive that we talked about just then for the arrows can be even more compensatory uh, for the diamond and what it can look like is not just them controlling themselves arrows will only control themselves they don't try and control others diamonds get into being that military parent where or that person in the office who you know what you you took 10 minutes extra for lunch and you shouldn't have done that because you're robbing the company, you know? The diamonds become obsessive as a way of compensating with anxiety and depression, not just about themselves and their work ethic and their performance, but also that of others. They're intolerant of mess and clutter and things like that, and and they can be difficult to live with. We work with a lot of unbalanced diamonds who are really struggling with this stuff every day. Okay, so rhombuses are an interesting shape when it comes to depression. Um, They're fear of loss dominant. What does it look like when they're depressed? So most of the, the rhombuses that I've worked with, um, their depression and their anxiety actually comes from excess. So they've got too much and it doesn't satisfy. And what do I do now? So this can look like alcoholism. It can look like obesity. It can look like gambling. It can look like credit card debt because ultimately they're reaching for that high that they get as a compensation for anxiety and depression. So they're, they're one of the most likely to be addictive Uh, for substance and excess. And so we do see a lot of addiction um, tendencies and drive from a place of depression, anxiety for rhombus. Okay, triangle. 
Triangles, their anxiety is really about not being understood or appreciated for their brilliance. So they can often become very aloof, very detached and very despondent about what it is that they think and what they feel. So they're often disconnected and they will indulge in video games or, you know, online scrabble or just, you know, mindless stuff where you can see the brilliance in them, but they're not applying themselves. So it's very disconnected, aloof and detached. Okay, so you and I both have a star at home, and my star suffers from some depression and anxiety, both, and and we can have a lot of drama around it. Yeah, the number one way that these guys do anxiety and depression is with anguish and drama. They're afraid of not being beautiful, not being seen, not being noticed. They compare themselves constantly. They have unrealistic expectations, and they can really become, in our home, we call it the dying swan or the glamour puss, you know? It's just this indulgent and whining and whinging, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting to parent. It's exhausting to be around because they're just whinging and whining all the time. Okay, how about squares? Squares, they they experience anxiety and depression from loss of love and not being valid enough, validated enough by others. And this is what causes it. So they can live their lives vicariously through other people and then feel like, well, I didn't get the credit for that. So knowing their own identity and the identity of others and those healthy boundaries around that and not holding on to the grudge, these guys fester. They get angry. They get critical. They can even get a little nasty. They get judgy. So that's what it looks like. They, they actually turn mean in depression and anxiety, which is a very unique presentation. So that's for the squares. The cross, they have anxiety because no one can be trusted. I'm alone in the world and at any point in time, someone can come and take from me. Their fear of loss dominant. So they feel alone. They feel hard done by. They have to protect themselves from others, which means they become isolated. They feel disconnected and they have a lot of anxiety about things needing to be a certain way in order for them to feel safe. Okay, last shape. But we got to talk about rectangle. Okay. Now, rectangles experience more anxiety than depression, and they're socially awkward and they're not connected to others. So, most of the time, they again will indulge in addiction, video gaming, building things, researching things. They can have buyer's remorse that can even be a, a, a trigger for anxiety and depression because they are really into data and research and they have to be right. They're intolerant of them making mistakes. So, if I have a rectangle that we're working with, I'm always looking for what part of you can't let go of something or can forgive yourself for a previous error because they're intolerant mistakes because they feel like their ideas are superior and they should have got it right. Okay, so we kind of hit all the unbalanced states of all the shapes there. Um, and and I, I had somebody just notice the other day they were looking at our little cartoon characters of the shapes and that finally dawned on them that the shapes have two sides and and I don't I think there's a lot of people that maybe didn't notice every shape has a light side and a dark side. Now, that's because we all get to choose in every single moment of every day to live in a balanced state where we're at our best, or we can be triggered into an unbalanced state when we're at our worst. Now, truly getting over the things that we've talked about today and not sliding into long-standing depression, not experiencing suicidal thoughts and high anxiety is knowing how to actually get yourself back. So if you haven't taken the test yet online, it's a five-minute quiz, learn what your shape is, learn more about your profile, and join us in the Inner Circle community because the more you can manage yourself and become resilient, flick between these balanced and unbalanced states better, you're going to overcome these things. 
Awesome. Okay, we hit a lot of stuff today. I hope you got something of value today from Relationship Radio. We've got to run. Our show went by so fast. Yeah, so... Again, so much more value on our website, including free downloads and downloads and resources. So do go to 12shapes.com. And thank you for joining us here today on Relationship Radio. And join us again next week for more relationship skills and advice so you can know better and do better. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but we'll join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.